I'm John Brannion, professional comedian for more than 30 years. And I'm Amanda McKinney, John's daughter for more than 30 years. Our family believes laughing is a learned behavior, and we want to teach you how we do it. So welcome to the kitchen table of the comedian next door. Is it necessary for us to say welcome every time when we start out? Because it says welcome to the comedian next door in the pre-recorded thing. So right. do we, I don't need to start by, hey, welcome, Carl, because that's redundant. I right? think I, I think we need to record a new one of those, though. Why? For you're variety. Sick, you're sick of it. Okay, yeah. well, let's do that. Let's record it. I don't think we should do it at this let's exact do it moment. Right this moment. Hey, Carl, welcome to our table. Oh, look what I just did. I just welcomed him after talking about how it was unnecessary. It was Chinese food day, and Colin lamented that he wanted Japanese food because he likes sushi, and so we were talking about all of the different kinds of sushi. That is just one small uh, fraction of the ridiculous conversations that I've had this morning with children. Well, what is your favorite kind of sushi? I like all of it. There's no sushi that you don't like? Pretty much when you wrap something up in seaweed with some rice in it, it, it all has sort of a similar base flavor, and then you just, the rest of it is just, you know, different overtones with the different other ingredients, so. Mm, that didn't answer my question. It's like soup. It's, you know, what's your favorite soup? Well, I like pretty much all soup. Um, I, I'm not a fan of uh, onion soup. Oh my goodness, I love onion soup. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things that makes you and me different from each other. If I had to pick my favorite, though, I would say, like, I like cream-based cheesy soups. Yes. And That's so, similar to your mother. It's like it's like uh, sushi is like that, where I can say I like sushi that includes like sauce on top, like a teriyaki sauce or a spicy tuna sauce or something mm-hmm. like that. I like saucy, saucy sushi. <laughs> I saucy sushi. I saucy sushi. <laughs> I like a saucy sushi. But I'll eat pretty much any kind. I didn't even know that I liked sushi, sushi <laughs> until I was... Quite a bit older than you are right now. Yeah, I didn't try it until college. That was the first time I tried it. And all the girls in my college, like, circle of friends were like, we should go get sushi. And I said, I don't think I like it. And they're like, have you ever had it? That's because you grew up in our house and we never had it. We never had it. And I, so the first time I went to the Japanese restaurant in Fort Wayne with my friends from college, I actually ordered an appetizer. I got teriyaki chicken because I knew I liked that. And I was afraid that I wouldn't like the sushi. But they made me try one. Actually, the first one I ever tried was a deep fried roll. Yes, delicious because everything deep fried is delicious. You can't really make a mistake if you deep fry something. Right. You could deep fry orange peelings and eggshells and it would probably be pretty good. So I was intimidated by the raw factor and they said, well, you can get cooked sushi and you can even get a deep fried one, which is a good... If you want to be a wuss. Right. It was a good gateway into the rest of the, you know... Which isn't really sushi at all, is it? If it's, It's just like... A way yeah. to, it's just a way to make deep fried fish. I think sushi is just shape. If it's got uh, seaweed and rice and it's rolled, I think that that counts. I think sushi is just like the roll, the, uh, the presentation. I thought it was the the rawness. Nope. I thought it was the fact that it was. Nope. Because there are other cooked versions. Like you can get smoked salmon, for example, is cooked. 
And so a smoked salmon sushi roll is technically not raw. Mm. So anyway. I am surprised at how filling sushi is. Like when you get it, you get a tray of it on whatever they call it. What do they call that tray? The the charcuterie board? <laughs> I don't think that's what they call it. <laughs> I don't know if it has a tray. Uh, I know a bento box. Are you is impressed like a that I remember box. the name of the board? Not when you're trying to make it reference to Japanese food, because yeah. I don't think that's what it's called. What is it called? That uh, sushi board? Sushi? It's just, sushi tray? I guess. The sushi slip? <laughs> sushi? Sushi sleeve? I don't think that's it either. I'll have a sleeve of sushi. Do you even remember what you were going to say? I will take a sleeve of sushi on a charcuterie board. Yeah, I was going to say that you get it and you like you order it and it comes and you get like six or eight pieces and you yeah. look at it and you go, that doesn't seem like very much I'm food. Really I'm going to be I'm going to be really hungry after I eat this. Yeah, but if you get some clear soup and a little salad on the side, then there you go. I can eat That'll if I it. eat six pieces of sushi. And I'm usually pretty full. Sometimes it comes on a sushi ship. Have you seen that? Have no. you seen the ship of sushi? Why did you let me struggle with the word for the container, for well, the delivery like, system, when you could have just said, you mean a ship? The ship is like for a crowd. It's like when you go to Taco Bell and you get like the 12 taco box. Oh. It's kind of like that. A, sip of, a ship of sushi. Luke and I, I She think, sells sushi ships by the seashore. I think we ordered one once just for the ship. But mm-hmm. we were disappointed. Because you, you get to take, take the ship home. No, you can't take oh, the ship home. Oh, <laughs> that's unfortunate. No, it's like trying to take the uh, cast iron thing home when you go to the Mexican restaurant and get a flaming burrito. But because of the presentation, you have to do it at least once. You have to right. get it at least once. Yeah. So well, that everyone can a, watch your food come out of the kitchen. They should make like table. a little, can you, get a, can you get a sushi wagon? It's like Not a, yet. A, a tow behind vehicle Not yet. loaded down with raw fish. Not yet, but if you go to a restaurant, it's one of those things where you go to a restaurant and you see the ship come out to somebody else for the first time and you're You're like, like, what is that? Why don't I have that? Let's see. Why are they partaking in something that that I am not? I'm going to Google sushi ship and see if that's enough. You are. To get the picture Probably take you to some porn site. (laughs) Jeez. Yeah, there you go. That's everything just a boat. Is, everything is a porn That's site. just a little boat with sushi in it. That's I see that. Much smaller than what I'm thinking. I wouldn't call that a ship. I no, would no. call that a dinghy. No, the one that comes in the fort at the Fort Wayne restaurant has mm. like masts. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. That one is neat. Look how it's arranged on there. Yeah, that's enough food for fifty people. I know. That's why I said it's like a party platter. <laughs> it's like a party a platter. Sushi party platter. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's cool. I, I would I would order that just. Especially if you could take the ship home, which you, you apparently can't. can't. You cannot, because it's kind of a it's kind of a big apparatus. Yeah, it's a it's a whole, uh, it's a it's a place setting. It's a piece of silver. Look at there. There's a thing that's like shark attack. Yep. Presentation in Japan is everything. Mm-hmm. I mentioned a couple minutes ago when we first started can talking eat about sushi, sushi umbrella. Yes. I mentioned the bento box. Do you know what a bento box is? I've heard that before, but I can't remember what it is. It's like a lunchbox, but it's compartmentalized. So the, the whole thing about the like bento. Like a tackle box. Yes. Like, like a tackle box for food. Yes, like a lunch tackle box. And so like, but they're often <laughs> themed. So like, it's a whole business. You like, got your, you got like little raisins here, and then you've got croutons, and then you've got crickets. Yes. And then you've got night crawlers. But not just that. And then you've got. The way that they arrange it matters. So they'll have special like spits and like. 
uh, toothpicks and stuff that have like characters on them uh-huh. and um, they'll arrange like their cheese so that it looks like you know a smiley face or they'll have a sandwich they don't just put a sandwich in the box no you wouldn't do that you like use cut cookie cutters to cut out the sandwich so like that it the looks, sandwiches are special shapes yeah so like the whole box would have a theme a lot of times so like if you used a, a cloud cookie cutter for your sandwich then like next to that all of your foods like your blueberries would, would be, be raindrops. raindrops and they would be yeah and then you'd have like a. It's a big thing for then like. You'd have like twisted moms. pasta that would be a tornado. Sure. And then you'd have. Sure, there's no wrong way. And then you'd have. There's no wrong way to spend four hours packing. And your then kids you'd lunch. have garlic cloves. It would be hailstones. And then you would have, uh, just one whole section that was full of a liquid. That would be the floodwaters. Yeah. Sure. It, I'm serious. Like, they will do everything. They I'm will, trying to be as ridiculous as possible, and you're just going right along with you it. You can't do it. You can't be as ridiculous as possible because the more time you spend on it, the more the women on Pinterest are like, wow, that's so cute. <laughs> you flood, He flooded the whole bento box with water. They will, like, take, okay, they'll take a hard-boiled egg, right, which <laughs> takes time to make anyway, peel it, mm-hmm. cut it, slice it so that it's long ways, and then they'll turn the slices of the deviled egg into like little chicks by using little black peppers for their eyes and then like a little carrot triangle for their nose, mm-hmm. for their beak. Yeah, like they'll go crazy taking all this time to make the lunch. Have you seen those things where they bake, they make cakes that look like real things? Like they'll make a yes. cake and it looks exactly like a... Like a bag of chips. Like Yeah, like or like a lunchbox or something. Yes, and, and or like a trash can. Or it looks like a trash... Yeah, it looks like all kinds... They make yeah. all kinds of stuff and it looks real. Yes. It looks like a real thing and then they cut it and it's cake. Yeah, like they can make a can of soda. Yeah. Yes. And then you cut it and you're like, oh, that's a shame because it really looked neat the way it was before. <laughs> but the, the only reason that it looks neat is because it's not the thing that it looks like right like a can of soda is not something that you would be that you would want to stare at for a long time right but if that can of soda is actually a cake so if you do a it's good enough super job, interesting what you're saying is if you do a good enough job making the cake nobody's even going to look at that's it. right if you if you make it look too much like a can of soda then it's unremarkable people just glance right over right and then no one even appreciates it until they realize it's cake until you cut it until right. you destroy it no one appreciates it Correct. Yes, I've seen those because, again, I'm a mom on social media, and this is the kind of things that white women share with each other, (laughs) Mm. impressed with the artiste. Well, Uh, that is impressive. I like those cakes, and I would probably be impressed with the bento box, too, if it was well-themed and clever. I would probably, and I'm not a white woman. Look at that right there. Look at the sandwich. You see the bottom with the sandwich cloud? I do, and, the and there's sun. little blueberries blueberry raining raindrops. down underneath it. You know? I told you. And the turtle. You see the little turtle with carrot legs? Yeah, I do. It's, <laughs> it's adorable. That would actually give me pause before I ate it. I yeah. would be like, I don't really. It's to try to encourage kids to get more creative or to get more adventurous with their eating. So kids are more likely to eat food if it's fun to look at, Right. which I discovered when I was making uh, faces for, for Andrew, Andrew, my little brother. Yeah, You've chicken made nuggets and cheese hair and cheese hair and chicken nugget faces and ketchup mouth. And it did work. He did eat it yes. when it when it looked like it was happy. Happy with him. to see him when it had a happy expression on its face. He was more likely to eat. That's it. one of my favorite uh, lines from Mulan too, where the little dragon. <laughs> oh, now I can't remember. Mushu. Where mm-hmm. Mushu goes, look, I made you porridge. Which Mushu sounds like the name of a type of uh, sushi. Yes. He goes, look, I made you porridge. 
and it's happy to see you. <laughs> and it's got like eggs, eyes, and the bacon mouth on top of the porridge. I do not remember that line. It's happy to see you. It's happy to see you. Yeah. We want our food to be. Anyway, happy we've just blown 12 minutes talking about food. Are you hungry? Is that it? Did no, you want I had lunch some? before I came over. I had, uh, what did I eat? I made myself a ham sandwich without a face. It was just a mm. just a regular old ham sandwich that didn't. Too bad for that you. did not express itself in any way externally. Well, I have no idea how it felt. You want 25 quick and easy bento lunchbox ideas. I've got the website for you right there. What if you made angry faces? Like if, I, if you, make a, you make an angry face from food that kids don't normally like. Yeah. You can. They'd so probably be more likely to eat the condition of it. their soul. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, we had a. I had a couple of things that I was interested in talking about today, and so we can go any number of directions. I wanted to talk about peacemakers because mm-hmm. we got a. Well, I'm not. We gonna, got a private message, Carl. Yeah, but I'm. I'm going to be honest. I was a little underwhelmed by your post on Facebook about peacemakers. You already mentioned that. You already said that. Yeah. You already said it wasn't nuanced enough. Well, I said I can understand why the people might like a little more nuance. Like from what? The post. Like what do you want? What well, you like want? somebody in the comments said, maybe people aren't just being afraid to confront. Because you're saying that a lot of times people use the peacemaking thing as an excuse to not have to confront people. And they're saying, well, maybe they just. Mm-hmm. Maybe they just want to be biblical by using the Matthew 18 principle and, you know, come to you as a brother before they blast you out in public. Right. And maybe right. that's their idea of peacemaking. And you didn't mention that in your... No, it didn't, I didn't seem like you preempted a lot of criticism. No, but you know me. I rarely preempt criticism. That's the reason I get criticized so often. It's because yeah. I just say things because I think they're uh, either provocative or entertaining or both. Right. And... I just, and I suffer the consequences for being misunderstood. Yeah, I just think people would be more apt to enjoy the fallout from the comments like you do if they were really convinced that you understood more. What it was, where it yeah. was that the blind spot that I yes. had. I think if is. you were more more open about like the fact that you're exaggerating or you're being very black and white and you're not, you're not being you know, at all charitable to the alternative or to the opposition right. at all. Like if, the, right. if you acknowledged all of that up front and said, hey, listen, I know some people might say this or that, and that's true, but at the same time, I'm going to still double down on this thing. I think people would loosen up more. Because right Probably. now they're like, does John even know that he just said Probably. a bunch of really extreme did you, stuff? Uh, did you see the comment? Or do you have it pulled up there? What was the comment that I was... It, basically, the guy was asking me if I was if I was a Facebook oh, yeah. troll. Oh yeah, uh, that comment. I do have to ask. This is a private message. I do have to ask. Have you become a Facebook troll? Ha ha ha! It's funny, but you seem to donate your opinions, many of which I also agree, but they are unsolicited. As I am tempted to throw my two cents into a Facebook thread, I'm also reminded that blessed are the peacemakers. Are you helping to keep the peace? Question mark. Now. Now, a charitable response would be to acknowledge that that is a legitimate part of the scripture that we legitimately have to wrestle with before we go out poking people on purpose. Right? Mm -hmm. Right. And you didn't do that on your Facebook post. Right. You didn't acknowledge that this is a perfectly good question to ask. It's a perfectly good question, but I went a different way because I was focusing on the fact that it was a private message. 
That right. was that was the thing that was consuming my thoughts. Yes, and which is a separate post. It's a separate post, yeah. and that's what you that's what you so graciously called me out for <laughs> publicly. Uh-huh, publicly. I so graciously publicly. That's what you so you graciously out. ignored Matthew eighteen and called me out for. Uh, uh, I was honoring my father when I did that because I know, I know that you don't like private messages. Uh, well, <laughs> and 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 that and I was happy that you did that. I actually I was actually really happy that you did it on in. Public and I'm think that I think that that's probably the reason you did it. Right. I think you really were honoring your I father. I was trying to show people right. what what you meant by have right. these conversations in public for the edification of the so, entire so, body. Yeah. So the peaches comes along and basically chastises me for not being nuanced enough in no. the uh, conversation. What? Well, that was the second time. But the the comment where I actually said I'm going to go ahead and call you out publicly for this, it was just because your post had two separate topic sentences in it like right. you had two different concepts you were trying to jam together and i said really they both deserve their own right post. this is my this is my daughter who is a writing major I, and so right. she pays a lot of attention <laughs> to the structure very very bent out of shape when yeah. i start reading the first two paragraphs are awesome and then it's like paragraph three is for a different article altogether and yeah. it's also yeah. good it She's just doesn't like, belong these here. don't fit together yeah dad yeah that's how uh, it was and so yeah I, it really 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 does not bother me when those sort of criticisms are leveled at me in public. And I know that that is a violation to some people's conscience because of Matthew 18, which says you, if some, if you're, uh, if your brother has if something your brother against, sins you. against you, yeah. um, then, then call him out privately, I believe right. is what, and we're paraphrasing here now, but that's essentially what it says. If your brother, if your brother sins against you, First, then go to your brother to personally. Him. Right. And so, pers- I don't think that Matthew 18 applies to publicly written articles that don't mention anybody by name. No, I, d- now, I don't think that it's appropriate. Now to- what we've got is a forum on social media where everybody is setting themselves up as a teacher. Mm-hmm. Now you've got people making public proclamations about what's right <clears throat> or true or good. And so now it's our duty to, to call that out where the speech was delivered. It's like Paul going to the Areopagus in um, in the New Testament and, and having those public dialogues with them there because everybody is there in that town square speaking, you know, and, and throwing their opinions out there. And so when everybody's right. throwing their opinions out there, then Paul can be another one who also adds his opinion to the mix. Right. Well, the other, the other issue that I had with... Uh, and remind me that I want to talk about private messages and why I hate them. Um, but the other issue I had was that it was not specific. He was like, you're, you're saying, are you a Facebook troll? But there's no, for example, you said this, or for example, you said right. that. And it's like, are you, are you not keeping, are you being a peacemaker? It's like, well, I don't well, know. What are you, what asking, are you talking about? He's asking about your motives in general for leaving all of these comments. Just generally, have you done a heart check? Have you made sure you're doing it for the right reasons? Have you right. made sure that you're glorifying God and not right. just glorifying self? And it's like, yeah, there are about a million better ways that you can phrase it. You can say to the person, I'm just inviting you to do a heart check because if it were me, I would probably be um, being egotistical and probably be badly motivated if I were doing this. And so I'm just, you know, as a brother asking if you are like me in that, where you kind of you kind of do things for selfish motives or are you actually still keeping right things in their place 
Well, and he didn't say anything. That, that maybe, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's even deeper than I was. I think you're giving him a lot of credit. Um, I I think that when I get messages like that, it's like you need to check your heart because are you you're not you're not keeping the peace. That is a person who has been made uncomfortable by something right. that I have said. And, no, I don't necessarily. I don't necessarily so think they were made uncomfortable by a particular quote. I don't think there is a quote or a screenshot or something specific. Okay, well, they're, they're just made uncomfortable by the fact that I'm engaged in right. some sort of public. That's what I'm saying. Conversation. That's what I'm saying, and they're in, they're uncomfortable because they know that there are people, um, people who even show up on your wall and troll. Oh, yes, they do. And be. Yes, you know, pains do. in the rear on purpose. And they desperately want me to respond to them and personally. And he doesn't want you, the person who messaged you privately, doesn't want you to be motivated by the same thing that motivates our brain-dead atheist trolls who mm -hmm. show up just to make themselves heard, just to be like, look at me, look at me, look at me. And so the difference between trolling for Jesus and trolling for self is really just that. It's what's the motivation? Who's Who are you trying to glorify here? Who are you trying to please and all of that could have been a decent conversation, except... Except I wrote an article that was not nuanced. I screwed it up. No, if, I'd have, if I'd have written it, <clears throat> if I'd have written two articles no, but, instead but of one... No, but there were two problems, like you said. The there world was, would be a better place today. There's the issue of peacemaking. There's also the issue of private messaging. And that's two totally different Correct. things. Because if I, just, if I just painted the mental picture about an Areopagus or a town square where people are all throwing their opinions out... It would be private messaging then is like grabbing somebody who's out there in public, pulling them into a back alley and whispering to them back right. where nobody can see in the dark shadows. Right. And it's like, why are we doing this? We were all out in a public place where I was safe because there were witnesses. And now you're kind of creepily separating me from the from the pack Right, and making right. me talk to just you. Well, that but they don't see it as that way. They, right. they say they hold up Matthew 18 and say, I'm doing I'm following the right. scripture. Right, I understand. And then they're saying, and, and then also some of them will actually go so far as to actually say this, but all of them are sort of tacitly implying that I am not following Matthew 18 Correct. when I'm doing what I'm doing. Right, and I understand, and it's fine to imply that, and it's fine to just not know that, you know, what you're doing is basically covering up or trying to put trying to put conversations in secret rather than having them publicly right. like we were. It's fine if nobody's ever explained that to you before, but I think that we... Here, the comedian next door can Here. share how that's actually what's going on. What's going on. They, we, we've got this idea in culture. There are many people who have the idea in culture. Not us here. Many people have the idea in culture that secrecy is a good and noble thing. Right. That if we have a conversation just between the two of us, that we are doing something holy and righteous. Well, but love as covers we have, over a multitude as of As we have discussed in the past, oftentimes secrecy is to protect yourself because you're going to be talking about things or people that you're not supposed to be talking about. A lot of times secrecy is how we, is how we gossip. Right. Well, and secrecy and covering up things and privacy um, are all the language of abusers. That's exactly the kind of stuff that an abuser tells like a small child, for example, when right. they're like, listen, this is just between you and me. It's going to hurt. This is our secret. It's going to hurt our relationship if you go blasting this out in public. Right. They're I won't be ones. able to trust you if right. you if you talk about right. what 
horrible thing I've done who likes, the backs of who your Who likes parents. darkness and privacy and covering up and not having right. things be done publicly? Well, people who are up to no good. Right. And it's again, good. I don't under, I understand why Christians who don't think privacy? of it this way. Dishonest, evil people. <clears throat> right. They like privacy. I understand the confusion. I understand being taught differently than what I'm saying right now and being like, wow, I've never heard that before and never thought about it like that. No hard feelings toward those people. Mm -mm. I'm just saying, going forward, think about what you're doing when you're saying, no, no, you and I are going to have this conversation one-on-one and nobody else is allowed to enter into it. And, you know, why? Why is it that you want everybody to not be able to hear and see what's going on right now? Right. And we're talking about conversations. There are certainly, there are instances where privacy (laughs) is called for. Like when you're trying on clothes. Close the bathroom door. Yeah, when you're trying on clothes or when you're, yeah, you're using the facilities or whatever. There's certain, there's certain times when modesty demands privacy. Right. But that's but your words. But when you're talking about yeah, words, when when you're when you're going to say talk words with your mouth, mm-hmm. there <laughs> is I'm trying to think of times I thought of one example when you're when you're planning a party for somebody right. and you don't want them to know about it, then you need to have a private conversation behind their back so that you can work out the details right. without them knowing. But about it's not it. even a private conversation in the sense that it's going it's to everybody knows it's going to come out. That's the whole point. The whole point is that it's going to come out public eventually, and so it's not. Well, like, that's true, but I'm I'm saying. You know, I, I can't. You can't issue a blanket statement that says secret conversations are always bad and wrong, because there are times when secret conversations are not bad. But the majority of the time, it's it's a good idea to go. Okay, why don't I want people to hear this? Right. What is it? What is what is my motivation for keeping this just between the two of us? Right. Well, and particularly, particularly if you're going to take something that was once public and then make it private, that's the issue. Like, like if you're my going article. to. If you're going to have a conversation with a person privately, that's fine. If it started private and it needs and it stays private because not everybody needs to know the details. Right. Of, it's not know. necessarily wrong to have a private conversation about something that was in public. <laughs> Specifically, when something was said or done publicly, and then Christians have this tendency to immediately take it down into the dark recesses of the town square because they don't want to keep it public. That's the issue because that's where it goes from having a private conversation just because to covering up what was already public and making it, right. there are some I would com- argue, worse. Some, some private conversations are private because they're just not of interest to anybody other than you. Right? Or, or like if you're dealing with family, like if my kid sins against me, or his or her father, mm-hmm. and we have a family meeting where we talk about that kid's sin. That is Matthew 18. That's going directly to right. the person who sinned against us and talking to that person only. Well, and there, there was also a sin. That was the, the other thing that I tried to bring up in the comment section, is that there's actually a sin that took place. Right. Not just, I didn't like your point of view on okay, this but thing. the point is that that is still an accurate a good time to have a private conversation if you don't want to air the dirty laundry that is involving just two people who are close and whose whose grievance or whose i guess um the the sin that happened that took place took place just between the two of them right. and it was private then right. yeah the resolution should be private also right but there's a difference when it's 
it's a public conversation. It's a school board meeting or you're at right. church. If it, starts, or, if it starts in public, if it's a thing that happened just between the two of you and nobody else knows about it, then yeah, you go, you settle it between the two of you and nobody else needs to know about right. it. But if it's a thing that happened in a, for example, well, let's just take my article, you know, or, or a comment that I said in public. My comments are, they start out in the public forum. Right. And so if you've got a problem. Well, they st- with- your comments aren't the thing that started out either. The public forum started when the article was shared that right. you commented on. Right. Or when somebody else wrote a post on Facebook or Twitter or wherever, and then you go and comment on it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, to call out the person who's responding to a sermon or a speech or a, you know, post. Right. I'm respond. I'm responding to an article that I read or a video that I watched. And then you're yelling at me because my response was wasn't peacemaking. Wasn't peaceful. Right. Yeah. Yes. And that's, that's the issue. That's where Christians need to understand the difference between peacemaking as they've come to define it and being afraid to engage the culture publicly for fear of being called unpeaceful right. or unruly or you're just or a troll for Rabble fear being, so, yeah. some people when they're you know the word troll is powerful because some people don't want to be don't want to be trolls it doesn't frighten me but uh, but there are some people you say oh, you're just being a troll and they're like oh no 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 i'm not being a troll right well, and, and it's again, also a way to dismiss what people say well and again you, the trolling has to do with m- motivation like it has to do with whose glory you're seeking if it's self-focused and self-glorifying then yeah that's just trolling that's secular humanism and godlessness and it's sinful and nobody likes a punk who's a punk just because they enjoy being a punk but if you are trolling quote unquote because actually you're trying to make people uncomfortable in in an effort to call sinners to repentance in an effort to point toward god then that's a different thing. And so it's fine to ask yourself and to ask your friends and loved ones whether they are being one or the other. Um, but yeah, the issue is that people don't even know what they mean by peacemaking most of the time. They don't realize that what they've actually become is passive. Passive. They're they're um, permissive parents. They're the they're it's like parents right. who are trying to raise children and they're like, Well, it wasn't the battle i needed to fight it's like no all of them are battles they're all battles you need to fight and win this is your job as the person who is the wisdom carrier you know the torch bringer the person who knows more (laughs) the person with the wisdom from god it is your job to offer that wisdom to the bullheaded children even though they don't appreciate it so isn't it true that what i suggested is that sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes people claim to be peacemakers because they're either lazy or or cowards. Yes, it is true that sometimes that is the case. Sometimes that's the case. And so, um, and, and a lot of times I think it's based on um, good intentions or being told, they were taught wrong. I mean, they were taught by people who came before them, Christians and pastors who came before them. They were taught... To, this is what uh, Jesus would do. Put other people first, yeah. Right. And Jesus would never, Jesus would never upset anybody. Right. He would never, he would never make anybody mad. Right. So you shouldn't either. And they feel a sense of relief, like they, they, at, at first they read something that's going on in on Facebook, and they're like, "Ooh, I can see that this is an argument taking place. I know that that party over there is wrong, or they're probably not believers based on what they're saying. I know it's wrong. However." I don't want to get involved. I would <laughs> rather not be in the middle of it. I don't want to. I don't right. want to. And they say, 
oh, when I'm tempted to offer my two cents. It's like, no, you're not tempted. Your temptation is to flee. When it comes to fight or flight, you're the flight person, right? not the fighter. And so so, so they're saying like, oh, I'm tempted to, to I'm weigh I'm tempted in. to do what you're doing. But, but then, then I remember I that I'm a peacemaker. The right thing to do, the godly, Christ-like thing to do is to yeah, not I, engage. I want to do what you do, John, but that's my wicked heart. Right. And then I remember that I'm supposed to be a peacemaker. Right. But but the truth is they have a sense of relief about that. They're like, That's what oh, I'm saying. That's yeah. what I'm saying. That, they're, that they hold up their peacemaker. Basically, the peacemaker is what they want to do right. because they don't want to be involved. Right. Peacemaking is what they want to do. Just recently, we had a sermon that was brought to our attention about husbands leading their wives and how wives should be submissive to their husbands. Yes. But really, the bulk of the sermon, like 90% of it was how actually what this doesn't mean is that men can lord over their wives right. and lord can Ephesians, women have to Ephesians just be doormats. Ephesians 5.22, loosely translated, is men don't be tyrants. Yeah, that was the majority And really of what that. it says is wives submit to your husband, but it's, it's completely... Right. Distorted. The sermon was delivered to, to the men in the room. To be understood as men don't be tyrants. They shouldn't be tyrants. And what I said when I heard that was, okay, that is a truism that you can take from. It's a truism Ephesians. that no man in the church would object to. Right. It's a truism. Not only would they not object, but I would think the men enjoyed that would sermon. Would breathe a sigh of relief. Yep. Because Good. They don't want to confront their wives. I don't have to wives. fight with my wife. Yep. I can. I can stand idly by while she goes. Off the rails. It's like, it's like okay, imagine you could deliver a sermon to Adam in the Garden of Eden seconds after, or seconds before Eve was tempted. Seconds and before the fall. Ate the fruit, yeah. And then Adam could throw his hands up and go, whew, Ooh, I don't want to, I don't have to upset her. Right. I don't imagine have to, that you could tell Adam, well, really, she's, I don't have to be a tyrant. She's responsible to God. To it's not your job to be a bully, and she doesn't have to submit to you just because you're the she man. She has to submit to God. She has to submit that to was God. The, that was the message of the sermon. She imagine, has to submit to God. Imagine saying all of that to Adam just before his wife fell, and how good he would feel knowing he didn't have to go <laughs> get involved. <laughs> what a relief. This is great news. Yep. Yep. The idea that the men sitting in church right now are like, just oh, waiting I so to want to be a tyrant. their wives with the Bible is so silly. It's silly. Men like men are going. You know what? I want more control. I want more decisions. Right. I, I want to have to put in more effort and thought into my family. Right. No, we don't. We want to. We want to just sit on the couch and, and watch, watch sports. sports. The majority of the men in that church listening to that particular sermon were are the types who literally just glaze over while their wives do all the. They just right. lays over. She comes in, makes all the choices, demands that he get on board. He goes, yes, dear. Because I will not be a tyrant. Because I don't want to be a tyrant. Because Ephesians 5. Well, and he doesn't want to be a tyrant because he's been married to one for so long. He knows how awful it's it is. It's awful to be married to a tyrant. Right. And so anyway, that's that's the point with peacemakers, too. It's There are often people who are not in any danger whatsoever of accidentally being too confrontational. Right. Ever. Right. And so they're like, well, blessed are the peacemakers. It's like, blessed is me. So I'm going to go talk to these other people so that they become more like me. Right. And they're really just trying to make themselves but the feel peacemaker, better. Peacemakers on the Sermon on the Mount, by the way, are not the only ones that are blessed. There's also people who I think are, I fall more into this category, is the people who get persecuted for the sake of righteousness. Well, I like, they're also, I blessed. liked your example. That is true, but I also liked your example. This is important. 
Peacemaking is not the same as being passive. Peacemaking involves getting into the fray and getting a little bit dirty. So you did like something about my article. Yeah, because I told you <laughs> that you don't want to just, you don't want to be in danger of accidentally downplaying peacemaking because you're downplaying scripture. Like the idea that you don't want to be a peacemaker is not true. The dis the dispute here is who are, who are actually making peace? And right. What is a peacemaker? There is no peace in the home where a toddler is able to throw a fit and the parents go, well, you know, pick your battles. So I'm not going to pick this one. Well, you know, peacemaker. Blessed are the peacemakers. She's not. So mom and dad, they are not. Go ahead and keep drinking paint and sticking stuff situation. in the situation. They are, they are making more problems for themselves. Correct. And so, so yeah. And for I, the rest of us. So eventually right. that kid's going to leave the house and then go out and. Right. And so it's very important not to give up the definition of peacemaking to them. It's very important not to let them continue to wrongly define what the Sermon on the Mount is referring to. Peacemaking as just letting everybody do whatever they feel like doing. Right, and without not, getting involved. And not upsetting anybody. Sparing Peacemaking them the is never making anybody sense. cry. Right. And so that, I, I think it's important to understand, have a biblical idea of what it is to be a peacemaker. And peace often involves confronting those who are really responsible for the anarchy or the chaos or the lack of peace. Peacemaking means going to the person who's actually causing the lack of the peace, you know, right. <laughs> the unrest. Right. In this case, a toddler or... Peace, peacemaking yeah. is not simply refusing to fight. Right. Right. It's fighting the right people. Yeah, because, <laughs> because there's already a fight taking place, and that's right. the thing. So if you've got two people that are fighting, you're not a peacemaker when you go, I'm just going to let them battle it out. Correct. That doesn't make you a peacemaker. The more that the wise light bringers of the world, the Christians, the body, the church, the more that they retreat, the less peace there will be. Correct. And so that needs to be said over and over and over again to the cowardly and, and lazy people who would rather just watch sports than have to do the dirty work of confronting um, evil. Right. And it's bad enough that you're going to sit there and watch sports, but it's, it's worse when you start wagging your finger at me. Right. For actually getting involved and right. mixing it up a little bit. And again, I don't necessarily think the person who private messaged you recently was guilty of that. I don't think so either, but it's, it's it just is, a case of wrong time, wrong place, wrong time, where you were already thinking how, about all this. How many times in the past do you think that somebody has said something to him like I have said to him in the last day? I mean, how many times do you think he sort of replied like what he got from me? I think that this podcast episode would have been a better reply for... Well, we're doing this podcast. ...to him than your private message replies. Hey, here's the deal. We've said it, Carl. I mean, you know what's up. You can, you can write us. You can say whatever you want, but we're going to respond to it. And so... If you and, and we do it out, out of respect. This is how I want to be talked to. That was the question. That was the this question. This is how I want to be talked to. Are you doing what you can to bring peace? The simple answer could have been yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it's a valid question. It's valid to say, wait a minute, what's motivating you here? What is the difference between you and some godless, you know, some 19-year-old kid living in his mom's basement who just drops... <laughs> Drops emojis and other stuff into random conversations just to tick people off. Like, what's the difference? You know, but you're asking me what's the difference between. I'm me saying and it's a valid question to ask, right. and and your reply can be, you know, I I am trying to order my actions toward glorifying God, and others are trying to order their actions toward glorifying self. And sometimes you can't tell from the outside which is which. Right. Well, the. The fact is, you can't tell from a single comment on somebody else's article. Right. 
And so it, as, the, as the comments pile up in various social media platforms and people start to come and pay attention to what I'm writing, that's where, that's where the more nuanced explanations happen. You start to read... You start to read a few of the articles that I've written, and you and you start to get a picture of how I think and what I'm really all about. But you can't tell that from one comment. It's really best if you listen to the podcast. <laughs> who are you talking to? Everybody, this everybody is listening to the podcast. I'm talking right to those who would like to share the link to the podcast so yeah. that their friends can get a fuller picture of what's really going on inside that head. Yeah, well, it's true. There, there is a. Uh, there is a shortage of people, Christian people, who've actually thought about their motives, who 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 spend a right. lot of time being introspective and going, okay, why am I doing this? Correct. And what is, what is my and here's goal a quick, here? Here's a quick story from yesterday. Once again, talking to the is sisters. This, does this involve sushi? It does not. It involves okay. sisters, which also has two S's, like sushi <laughs> and an I. Anyway. <laughs> What is that called when you when you look for the associations that don't matter? No, no. What's it called when it, I thought I had a name when there was like when they have certain letters in common, and you and you make different words using the same letters. I don't know. Anyway, anagram. An, anagram is that what it is? I think it's anagram. Okay. I don't know. There's another little random. Anyway, that's thing important. That doesn't matter. Sushi and sister have similar words or letters. Um, so I was talking to my <laughs> sisters on Marco Polo, and um, and we were talking about um, maternity leave pay and then eventually paternity leave pay. And what's the difference between privately funded, you know, maternity leave and government forced mandated maternity leave? And anyway, it was a long conversation. Were you guys talking about this because Tabby is pregnant as all get out? No, we were talking about it because Marla saw something on Instagram and she had never really worked through you know, the, the details of it. And so I was basically okay. preparing all of them for what gets argued because we're told that as women who are conservative, pro-life, pro-family, we have to support federal maternity, maternity leave. Otherwise we're not pro-life. Because we're not pro-life. Kind of like you just, have to enforce yeah. um, the minimum wage for the same reason. Right. In order to be pro-life, you have to be down with every federal government intervention right. into If you family. were really pro-life, you would spend trillions of fiat dollars and, right. you know, right. and let me you do would, whatever I want. You would let the government take children and put them into various government programs and care because otherwise, yeah, you don't. You just don't care. You're, you're just not. Well, at any rate, pro-life. I was telling the girls, the, the sisters, I said a lot of women, a lot of middle-class white women like we are, don't really bother doing calculations and and learning how to do math or having a com- they don't have a conversation on that logical level where it comes to like studying economics and studying history and trying to figure out what is the difference between Sweden and the United States. Why right. they just say, "Oh, the United States is the only country in the developed world that does not guarantee right. maternity leave." Right. So therefore something's wrong with us. And it works in Sweden right. and it works in Denmark. Right. And it's like you have no idea what you're talking about. You don't know what you're talking about. And you, you but you said a lot of people don't stop to think about what's motivating them. And so that's where the conversation went. I basically said, "Listen, this is classic greed. It's covetousness. It's a bunch of white women who are doing just fine, but they're just sitting there going, gee, what else would I like? 
What else could be nice? Right. What would make things even better what for am, me? What am I lacking? I have so much, but I must be lacking something. And, it, and then they look over. Let's think about that. At Europe, and they're like, oh, probably I'd be happier if I had what I'm told they have in Europe, even though I don't actually know I don't that even that's know what it is, but it sounds great. Yes. So. And so, so we're having that conversation. And then Marla gets a comment on Instagram, on her Instagram story, where she, she had posted, Marla had said, this is my opinion right now, but I'm open to having somebody change my mind. Somebody explain to me why they think maternity leave as a guaranteed entitlement program is a good idea. And her, somebody else writes in the comments, I'm not going to try to change your mind, but I definitely disagree. Uh-huh. And then off she went. And Marla was just lit up. She was like, <laughs> why would you even say that? If you're not going to try to change my mind... You know, why would you say because that? Because she doesn't mean it. She, mm. Of course, she's, she's not going to try to change her mind. But Well, I told her. But then she said, I just disagree, which is yes, which is the cowardly way of trying to change your mind. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Most people don't stop to think about what they really believe, you know, logically or logistically or mathematically. But they know that if they tell you they disagree, that's enough to make most people back off. Right. They, get, they get super uncomfortable. Right. And so what that woman was doing... And it took a while to convince Marla of this too, because she's like, I think you're giving them too much credit. And I said, No, no, they're not doing it like in They're like not doing it intentionally. Yes. But it's not like is... they read a book and they're doing this like as a strategy. Right. They're being manipulated by the forces of evil. Right, right. I said they just know that through conflict or through through point through telling another person that they disagree, that can often make them uncomfortable enough that they right. don't feel at peace anymore. Right. And so they'll back off. They'll stop. And I said, this woman has had that done that to her a, before. That was an act of aggression. Yes. That was disguised to look like somebody like who was being tolerant. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, she's had that done to her before. She's had it done before where somebody has said to her, I'm not trying to change your mind, but I definitely disagree. Right. And it gave her a sense of unrest in her spirit. And right. so she backed off. And the, the, simple, the simple truth is that if you really were not trying to change my mind, you would have said nothing. nothing. No comment There at would all. be no comment in the comment section. Right. So the, I talked about that extensively with Marla and Megan and Tabby last night and just said, look, this is where we are now with our emotional culture where people so, they don't want you to make any trouble in the conversation. They don't want you to, they yeah. want you to be a peacemaker because they as soon as be they know you disagree, it gives them heartburn. And by peacemaker, they mean someone who, who just tacitly agrees and right. nods <laughs> your head and accepts everything that they say. That's what right. a peacemaker is. Right. Because Somebody can, who complies with every cockamamie idea right. that you put out. Right, because if you just do the slightest little bit of, of disagreeing, that will make them uncomfortable. And there's no there's no more peace. And they will back and up. And that's your fault. Right, because <laughs> you're not very much like Jesus. You're not like Jesus, who agreed with everybody, who said everything. Jesus agreed that women should get free money. <laughs> Jesus, went around, Jesus went around and just agreed with everybody. Pharisees, Sadducees, tax collectors, uh, everybody. Jesus was right there with them saying, you go. I'm cool with all of it. Do you have anything else to add while our theme music plays? While our theme plays? music is playing? Um, no, I feel I'm, I'm tempted to, to give some kind of a, hey, go tell your friends about this podcast, but uh, yeah, I don't want to do that. Don't tell your friends about this Don't mention this, this to your friends. Or if you do... Only in a private conversation. In a private conversation, <laughs> not <but> do publicly. It. <laughs> but speak, but speak in hushed tones and with riddles, Don't so that they're not sure this. what you're talking Don't about. Don't share this publicly. <laughs> Hide it in the dark recesses. Let no one know. If you enjoy this podcast, keep it to yourself. See you, Carl. It's a secret.
You can find John Branion on MeWe, Gab, and YouTube. Also be part of the show by emailing your questions and comments to nextdoor at johnbranion.com. We've loved having you at our table, neighbor. See you next time and bring some friends with you.